0: middle cough or should i say brooksy welcome to the mailbag bank alert major bank alert Uh, also streaming on youtube if you're listening to this podcast on the weekend go check out the youtube if you're watching the youtube you are watching the weekend mailbag edition
1: of the haberman and middle cough podcast welcome good to have you we, we made it to, uh, as our as our people in the sales industry would say, it's so the weekend, baby, Friday, happy Friday, yep. let's go.
0: Like in the college baseball world, John, the college baseball postseason begins uh, began on Friday, begins on Friday, we're, we're Friday starters.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of Friday starters out there in the world. We yeah. rolled out Garrett, Gary Daly Jr. guy, and he got drafted, I think, in the second round and didn't make it. Gary Daly Jr. UCLA once had a Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer. That's, we had we had Gary Daly Jr. and then we had Thomas Eager, who is now one of the assistants at Stanford. You I knew, know. Him? I didn't know you know Tom Eager. I know Thomas Eager. Yeah, I mean the I guy. used to have He's the pitching coach at Stanford, high level guy. I used to have classes with his wife. I think she was an ag business major. She was my neighbor on Hathaway. I think Thomas. I don't know if he ever got to the bigs, but he he had a, a better career than I think people thought. Valley guy. Maybe Stockton uh, or Lodi or something. I don't think he
0: got, I think he, he might have, uh, uh, he did pitch in the minor leagues for sure. Yeah, he was at Cal for a little bit and then he went to Stanford.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I root uh, for him. Good dude. I didn't know you and Thomas Eager. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think I, we actually know each other. I, uh, I would know if his wife was around, know him. Know we her. did not, we
0: did not anticipate starting the uh, the mailbag with Cal Poly baseball talk today, but here we are. Aren't here they, are.
1: isn't it, is it Stanford a powerhouse? Stanford is a powerhouse. Stanford's nope. in. Yep,
0: Stanford's hosting a regional. Stanford's very good. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> so uh, I love college baseball. Um, this is the mailbag. What you do to get in the mailbag. You go to iTunes. You leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars. We appreciate it. You ask us a question, any question at all, and uh, we get it into the mailbag. Hopefully we didn't miss any this week. We, you know, There's a lot, of, a lot of things flying, but that's how the mailbag works. We appreciate everyone that takes their time to listen, everybody that watches, everybody
1: that takes time to review. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good time to yep. say thank you. And we obviously stream everything as well on YouTube, Haberman Middlecoff. It's easy. You just go to YouTube. It's basically Google, but it's video. It, Google owns YouTube. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. You type in Haberman, and then probably Ann Middlecoff show up, and you just go subscribe to the page. It's where everything is. Very easy. Yeah, it's great. Get great. on it.
0: John, let's tell the people about Sleep Number. SleepNumber.com slash ham. Go to SleepNumber.com slash ham. Go slash ham. Discover proven quality sleep. Save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed during the Memorial Day
1: sale. Guys, sleep changes lives. It's changed my life, changed Mm -hmm. your life. Once we got Sleep Number Bed, sleepnumber.com slash am, I sleep better. The better I sleep, The more fresher I feel, the more productive I am, the more productive I am, the better we are podcasting, the better we are podcasting, the more money we make. It all just rolls downhill of just greatness and life is better off when you sleep better. I have never heard one individual was like, got a great night's sleep and don't feel great. No, because they they are directly correlated. You sleep well, you live well. That's why you got to get a sleep number. Sleep better. Studies have shown. We were talking about the uh, flying coach. I was interested. Sean McVay gets up very early,
0: but Sean McVay goes to sleep very early, he said. Mm-hmm. He understands it. Good quality sleep positively affects emotional well-being, affects your creativity, your memory skills, your problem-solving, your mood. Right now, go to sleepnumber.com and discover proven quality sleep. Save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. You know, the one thing that's not mailbag related, though, this has become a big story on uh, on Friday. It started with a tweet from a guy named Cooper who's at the memorial, which is Ohio? Uh, yeah. Yeah. J- Jack is uh, born and is- raised in oh, yeah, Jack's- Ohio. Every single person yelling, let's go, Brooksy, at Bryson is being pointed out by both Bryson and his caddy and being escorted out of the tournament by police. If that's not considered rent free, then nothing is. And he tweeted at PFT commenter, who then reposted it, and you know everyone's aware of this. Uh,
1: major ha- story, ha- John. Ha- have a take here. Y- you and I subscribe to this when it comes to other sports and parents getting involved, like a mom chiming in, right, defending Aisha with Steph. Like I, right or wrong, I one hundred percent. Expect family members to come rushing to support of their family member, right? Regardless of right or wrong. I also absolve the caddy. What is like whatever the caddy, remember two years ago in the Ryder Cup, I don't know if you remember this, someone said something pretty bad, I think, to Patrick Reed, and might have got close, the caddy shoved him. And the caddy got kicked off the bag and they had to have a backup caddy. It might have been like his, his wife. Brother-in-law, it, was, yeah. Something weird happened. But maybe at his the brother-in-law Ryder is Cup. his caddy. Isn't that the deal? His yeah, brother-in-law yeah, and he, is his and caddy. And and so, he, so it's and like he got he got booted. Super close. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a double whammy. But Ryder Cup, right? Foreign soil. I, I do not blame Bryson. <laughs> Bry, Bryson's caddy is making a ton of money. Whether he's right or wrong, I, I Bryson, you can't double down on everything you have the last couple weeks, and then start getting mad when people are doing this. Because my my take on the fan reaction, thinking about it, and I told you this before we hopped on the pod, like we love a good, it goes viral all the time. Two guys on the second or third deck, super wasted, throwing hands. Well, then we're shocked when an individual is throwing a bottle at someone's face. Like, come on, like we can't have both ways. I mean, it's good video, but you know, two guys. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, well, you can't like games or bars and it's craziness. Like, yeah, I mean, fights happen all over with alcohol. It's part of the deal. Yeah. The difference is like what, what's players your sin- aren't playing into that. B- Bryson's doubled down on this old deal. Like you're embracing it, Bryson, and now you get mad when they're calling you Brooksy. Like- well, he's
0: kind of embraced it. I think he embraced it because he kind of felt he had to. He's kind of got forced into it, right? Now he did embrace it. You're right, but he got put in a position where he had to respond because the video went viral of Brooks rolling. Brooks not even rolling his eyes. Brooks like completely melting at the idea of having to be in the same vicinity as Bryson. And everyone's kind of piling on, so he had to pile on. He had to respond, which fine. You're right; he's involved himself. There's no question. Uh, And the other thing that makes it different, right, is golf is like in a different realm than all these other sports. It's like if you're sitting courtside, you're just—it's expected you're going to be yelling. There's a huge crowd. You kind of think I'm yelling at the guy, but you can't really hear. It all becomes one piece of a larger noise. Golf is not that way. Like if you yell in golf, every you know you're going to get heard, and that everyone's going to hear you. I think what's part of what's crazy is that there's like this universal way to talk shit right now when it comes to Bryson and Brooks. And it sounds like all the verbalizers have Brooks aside and they're just yelling the one. They're all yelling the same thing. Like They don't know each other. It's just it's it's the next. It, this is only going to make it worse for him.
1: Right. Yeah. It makes it this makes him look make really worse. bad tossing people out for, for yelling that. Like, to me, there's a line, and I don't feel they're crossing it. They're not yelling obscenities. They're not talking about
0: anybody's family. They're yelling, let's go Brooksy to I Bryson. even say
1: if one of the things was, like, some steroid chant or something, I would completely get it. Like, this is, it, it's going to be a bad look. And Remember, it's like after, it's not in the backswing. Justin Thomas came out and apologized for when a guy yelled, get in the bunker. And I thought that was a pretty douchey move, throwing was the, the guy, guy out.
0: The guy who was yelling at the ball
1: or just yelling at him? Well, he hits his tee shot, and right as he hits it, it's you know he goes, get in the bunker! And then they point at him, they toss him, and he got a lot of shit. Yeah, as
0: he should. Uh, It's a fine line, though, because I don't think you're right to throw somebody out for that. I also, it's hard. I'm not going to come running to the defense of somebody acting like a douchebag. No, but my point is,
1: get in the bunker, to me, is dramatically worse than let's go Brooksy, once they've played into it all. That's my point. Yeah.
0: I mean, to me, they're all in the same category of pretty harmless, but, you know, beyond what's usually acceptable in the sport.
1: Let, to me, Let's Go Brooksy is... I, I would say is not crossing a line where let's go get in the bunker. You're like rooting for a guy to fail, which is but pretty... you're kind of. But
0: when you're yelling, let's go, Brooksie! You're in the, you're doing the same thing. You're just trying yeah, to get yeah. No, his head. I mean I I think you could justify.
1: it. You're fucking playing the game. They're playing it up like you're just part of this whole fucking thing. That's yeah. My you quit like, again. You, you could down.
0: justify it, but to me, like on the most basic level, it is being kind of douchey. Is it worthy of being ejected from the golf event? No, I don't think so either.
1: But see, got, but like I think forget, it's being a
0: little disingenuous to act like it's not shit-talking, which it well, is yes, which okay. But,
1: but 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 to me, getting the bunker is just, you're just rooting for the guy to fail. Let's go, Brooksy, is part of this deal. This is where Bryson, once you jump in the deep end, like, you've embraced this. But but thing that's like my point, not.
0: is this is not good nature to Bryson. It's good nature to the guy yelling, let's go Brooksy. Like, I do think you're right. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, trying to be funny, just trying to have some fun. I don't think it's evil, right? I don't think it's like the way maybe some people yell it. But I... I do think it's not a joke to like. This is not at the end of the day. Bryson dove in because he kind of had to, and he's trying to be funny and light with it. But it's well, clearly to, a big deal to both of them.
1: Well, if he had never jumped in and had fought it the whole time, I would understand it. Like he doesn't want any part of it. Like he wanted the smoke, but he did. But in. he didn't. He got guy, it. He, he did. Didn't ask he embraced it. it. He Brooks fucking
0: started me. Kinda everybody. again. He was in a really tough. I, I don't want to defend him here, but he was in a tough spot because Bryson was getting piled
1: on. By but, he, everybody. But, but, but you're talking about like last week, he talked shit to Brooke like a year ago. Well, OK, Paul, so but, but, but again, like, like, you, because that's involved uh, in this.
0: Yes, but easily you can say that's between us. Like I didn't like now I got to deal with this shit, which again, yes, you do. I'm, I, this is it's a fine line. I'm not here to defend him. But I also don't think, you know, he's in an actual beef here. He's in a real thing. Like, I think it's real to him. This is not like some WWE stuff to him. I don't think like I don't think he wants any of it.
1: Yeah, I don't think he wants
0: it to be a part of anything, which you don't necessarily get. You play a professional sports; You don't get to choose.
1: No, but the idea was like
0: he I I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as like he started this. And so now he has to deal with everything. It's a blanket. You just have to accept it all.
1: But I mean, let's go. Brooksy is not. What is that really dealing with? Is that where you're dealing with that much?
0: I have no problem with let's go Brooksy, but I what The problem I have is acting like it's more innocent
1: than it is when we know what it is. It's talking shit. It is. Yeah, when I, when I say innocent, like, it is by no means, you should not get tossed out of a golf tournament for screaming that. Like, that's fucking embarrassing, I think. I agree. But let's not act like it's just nothing,
0: just some guys having some no fun. No one is, but it's funny. Like,
1: But see, it, it's you fu- are absolving him. He's part of I'm the not, whole WWE I am not absolving
0: thing. him. I'm not absolving him. But I'm saying there is, in this sport, like, just because you have a rivalry doesn't mean you're asking for it to become, you know,
1: ringside at a boxing match. That's my point. He, yeah, and the problem for for him, like the modern day golf, has gotten much younger and much more alcohol related The it's become more. The tournaments have become a little more of a party.
0: Yeah, and it's hard to put. It's there's a fine line of how to police it because you are like you want that fan, right? You do 100%, want that fan like that's but. Can you just, we're we just gonna, is this the way the sport's gonna be played forever now? Just, you can just yell at all the players from a foot away after well, the But get you a and I
1: went to Pebble. We yell, you yell at guys. You just yell
0: like, yeah, hey, but, hey but, let's
1: go. But, 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 like, I, let's just, go, Brooksy guys. is pretty fucking harmless the more I think of about it. It's harmless. It's,
0: <laughs> of, it's pretty harmless. Yeah, I agree. And I'm, I, again, my point is not kick anybody out. My only issue is acting like it's not shit talking
1: when it is. Well that's to me all, if he, it, it, all he has to do and we'll see maybe he will today if he comes out and be like which he won't but if he does like this is fucking driving me nuts I can't then I'll be like I get it a little bit but he can't keep memeing and throwing his... he can't keep swimming in the defense and then, well but and he's then in a place he doesn't want to be I See I, I I you are giving him way too much credit on that like I don't the more I think about it like he he thinks he's better than Kepka and he should Sure yeah so he he, he thinks He's just going to think he's better than all these people as any great player in any sport. Now, some right. guys, I would say this, like historically in team sports, some guys have been uncomfortable in certain rivalries, right? They're like, I, I just want to play basketball or just play baseball or just play football. They're not into all the the extracurriculars, uh, you know, stuff that comes with it, Right. Bryson, I'd say once you start YouTube, like he kind of he likes being a star, and he does. once you really like being a star, like, this is I feel zero sympathy for. Let's go, Brooksy. When you're all in YouTube videos, there's no sympathy. Private
0: jets. There's no sympathy for me. But what I'm saying is, Brooks is far more comfortable in a rivalry than Bryson is. I think. I don't think Brook. I don't think Bryson. I think what happened last week was a result of him getting piled on and feeling like
1: he had to do something. I also think it's a little hard to tell because we've never seen these guys play together like then I, uh, yeah I we'll have look, a better my idea. theory
0: I told you this before we started I think Brooks would I don't think Brooks wants to play with him but I think from a competitive standpoint Brooks would take better advantage of it than Bryson would yeah to me I think just Brooks comes would be to, in Bryson's head more than the reverse
1: it just comes down to under no circumstances if you want to truly be what you have the potential to be can you not you have to pair these guys together I did hear someone, some player on a podcast say, no fucking way the USGA is going to pair these guys together. No chance. Well, was, at some point, maybe it was Kevin Kisner. Just, He's just like, no chance.
0: <laughs> well, like I asked you, like, is there a scenario where one of them is done, the other one's in second place, knowing on Saturday night, I'm paired with that guy Sunday if I finish in second place and tries to avoid second place to avoid the pairing? Yeah. If you're I don't, trying to I don't, win, you can't really play like that. No, so, I don't think I still think the there's got to be some – I mean – Sports is too good to not end up with these two in the same group. I,
1: I also think in any other point. sport, they would somehow, whether it was F1 to tennis to obviously we know the three major sports would would ride the shit out of this. Right. I mean, Yankees, Red Sox is this weekend. We, we have been hit over the head with that thing for decades. Right? And rightfully yeah. so. It, it it's, I remember being into it like when we were in college. Yeah. It's a little different. Like all those sports are
0: different, though, right? In that you just you're on your own dugout. You're on the other side of the field. Golf is like you're just. And well, golf
1: what are they is they gonna also you said, they're, they're not going to fight, right? No, of course who not. I'm think. Just,
0: no, I'm just saying golf can be really more personally uncomfortable for four hours. That's part of what makes it great. Yeah, it's part of what makes it attractive. But I also I acknowledge, like to me, it's not the same. as Red Sox, Yankees, right? Like, you're in, that, you're in that bunker with other guys. This is where, like, the Ryder Cup is great. You've got teammates. This thing is you are out there on your own in silence, not talking to each other, but you kind of have to communicate because you're like, you know, is it me or is it you or can I move that mark? Or, like, that's the weird part is you do have to communicate on a but basic y- but level. I,
1: but here's what I would say, though I would say the history of the PGA Tour, you know, probably the last 30, 40 years, and I'm sure tennis is the same way. There have been people that hated each other that only people on the inside, inside knew, and they played together for years. Right, famous people. Right, in probably definitely. If these guys silently hated each
0: other, they probably would have been paired together by now. That's the irony of it. Yeah, because they both rotate. They're actively not being paired together, which is insane. Which is stupid. Yeah, look, this is good for golf. This is good for golf. They got to figure good. out what it's to good do for because, like them. you I said, got, we it's don't not, want to see it. Yeah, but like you said, this is not in. No one's being inappropriate here, and this is not even near the level of the things that get yelled at other sporting events. There's no question, they, but they got to figure it out because, I agree, being ejected for "Let's Go, Brooksy," you can't. That's you can't be doing that tonight. Like, the like there's a there it where I will concede. Maybe concede's not the word. I do. There is a level of uh uh. There's a level of kind of dealing with the pressure created by the event with the fans around you that you have to accept when you play professional sports beyond just there's a lot of people here. Like some people might yell some stuff at you that you don't like and you don't get to just remove them because you don't like it because it makes you uncomfortable. I agree with that. I'm not advocating for anybody being removed for that. And I don't think you should get removed for yelling get in the bunker either. Like to me, let's go Brooksy, get in the bunker. Like, yeah, somebody's rooting against you. Deal with it.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't I might have that, money, I got I might no have money on the other involved. guy.
0: I got no, he, probably, it's really, in all likelihood, that's probably what it is. It's a gambling thing.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> it imagine when be. you're walking
0: the course with my DraftKings app,
1: right? Well, it, well who wears the DraftKings uh, logo? Absolutely, Bryson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what if I got Brooksy in a matchup? What if I got them both on my team? That'd be stupid.
0: <laughs> all right, well, it's time, time for the mailbag, John. Let's dive right in. Here we go. You know how to do it. You leave us a question on iTunes. We dive into the mailbag right now. We begin with question number one from baseball guy 22020. Love the podcast. Best conversation around Bay Area Sports. Hands down. Question. Who do you think makes the Hall of Fame speeches for Brady and Belichick? Do you think they'll each be in attendance for the other? PS check out the new top golf in San Jose. Place is sick. So I, I think probably who does the the uh the introduction, right? Who presents? Who presents Tom Brady and who presents
1: Bill Belichick, I think is what baseball guy means by that.
0: When he says who makes the speeches for Brady and Belichick, right?
1: That's what I guess. I mean, because yeah. obviously I would imagine both those two guys are going to write their own speech, or at least yeah, the yeah. highlights. Uh, I do think they'll be in attendance for one another. One million percent. <laughs> like I, That, that to me, would be a massive story if one of the Now, I guess Tom probably wouldn't still be playing, Bill could technically still be coaching, but he already proved when Randy got in he flew there he would they would be there for Tom.
0: My vote pay- for Tom's presenter would be Gronk, whether Tom picks Gronk, I could see him picking like his
1: dad or something like that. I could see it being his dad if his dad if you of the dad, I can't complain, but I do think Belichick should be his intro speech for bill i I don't know what you do. That's harder. You, I guess you could do Tom. I, I mean, if you told me both of those two them guys introduce each other, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Is there a chance? Do you they think they there's any the way time? that Tom would let Bill introduce him? I don't know. I mean, a lot of guys, and Al Davis butted heads, and he and like, like eight, year, years eight, eight guys. years past. Yeah, I think time heals all wounds. It's And, and the other thing is how many guys... are so synonymous with each other and won so much with each other, made so much money. And it elevates you.
0: Right, it elevates your accomplishment if Bill Belichick presents you. Edelman,
1: maybe another. Bill, it'd be like if Scotty and Michael were both Michael. It'd be like Michael and Michael. You know, they just, you go hand in hand. Like, you guys get to... Yeah. It'd be, both it'd, people think you're the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, would Bill, Bill have like some like the like uh, to introduce Bill. Here's Bob Shlomovsky, Maine's all time leader in high school lacrosse wins. I guess Bob Kraft could introduce them both. Bob Kraft is a very good one. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi is a very good one. Yeah, you know, for like Gronk like something like when that. When Gronk
1: gets in, I'd expect Tom to introduce Gronk, don't you think? I would expect Tom to introduce Gronk. Yeah. Uh, Edel- I mean, Edelman's pretty
0: tight with uh, Tom. Yeah, it Edelman crazy. was crazy. Edelman for Tom would make a lot of sense.
1: Could be like Edelman's Saban? moment because he'll never get Saban for Bill?
0: Saban? That'd be pretty cool. I think the heart of the point is a great point, though. Right, which is they, you're right, they should introduce one another. Well, who do you think is going to introduce Peyton?
1: Could be Eli. I'd expect it to be Eli or his dad.
0: Archie. Yeah, I mean, would he ask Ursaid to introduce him?
1: Mm, I I guess
0: too much success in Denver.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: next up, mailbag. Uh, this is from C.C. Cortez, which I think might be a full name on the internet, although C.C., you know, I don't know. Uh, What certain things would you guys do in order for Major League Baseball to get more people interested in the league? I would move the A's to San Jose, even though it's within the Giants' jurisdiction. Also, I think a team in Vancouver or Vegas, I would add. I'd also try to speed up the game to make it more fast-paced, pace, fast maybe limit the amount of batters that can bat in an inning. Also, Central Valley... Central Valley high school football is the best. My city, Delano, has two out of four high schools that are contenders to win it all. So it's been fun to watch them recently. Love the pod. Well, I see. I'm actually anti-expansion. I think contraction makes baseball more interesting. You get rid of some, you know, Tampa doesn't really do anything for the league. You get more good players on fewer teams. That helps your brands. I don't think adding more teams is good. I think less teams is good. No expansion. To, no <laughs> expansion is I, not the answer, guy. There, there
1: are there are two no brainer moves. There is Tampa, move them to Nashville, and there is uh, the A's move to Vegas. And I think both feel kind of inevitable. And I, I listen. I'm not. A, I understand there are some loyal A's fan here. I would imagine this guy, you know, wants them to go to San Jose for a reason. They're never going to San Jose, and I honestly don't even think it would work. Like the Giants are too entrenched. I'm not saying they would fail, but I I I think their best move for most success is has to be Vegas. It it is just not here. The Giants
0: are just too big. I do think a waterfront park would uh, having just something to hang out at. Like I do think for a long time, AT and T Park, the Giants were not good, but it was a cool place to go. Um, And I do think water just that as a place to hang is what. I, I think that's an attraction for baseball because it is an everyday sport. Um, and I, it's really hard. It's, I think, really impossible if you're not good, because they are good, right? So if they make money, they have actual player, you know, repeatedly players that people have heard of, that kind of thing. guy. T-
1: Tampa's in first place. I mean, both of the franchises are dying. And their park
0: is awful and their market is really bad. Yeah. Their market doesn't have a chance. Zero.
1: Uh, Delano High. I wonder which two schools in Delano. I just don't know if a lot of people would go, you know, to, to Howard, think, Tur- uh, Howard. Turner. I just think Oakland and San Francisco are different animals. And I understand. Yeah, But that I San remember, Fr- don't you think, I know, like, I know. But San Francisco was what? still different. You know, that that area was shitty back in the day. No, I no, no. I what it. I was going to say is I remember as a kid, like
0: we would drive from Sac, from Davis all the time to go to Oracle, to go to AT&T. Um, you do have people that's coming from other parts of this, of the, of Northern California, people driving from the Central Valley. Where it is a little bit more difficult to get all the way into
1: the city. Do you think they're going to be, do you think that they're going to last in Oakland? I don't think they're going to build a stadium in Oakland. No. Yeah, I don't either. Next up, uh,
0: Scangarello's last, this is from Randy Poffo. This is not even a question, but it's, I wanted to get to it. Scangarello's last three seasons on the resume 2018, QB coach for a bad Niners offense with bad quarterback play. 2019, Coordinator for a bad Broncos offense with bad QB play fired immediately. 2020 QB coach for the nuclear reactor meltdown that was the 2020 Eagles QB play in offense. Uh, so Randy is blaming Scangarello for this. That, that you know what's funny harsh. is when
1: I was at the combine two years ago and Scangarello had just left the Niners to go to the Broncos, I went out for beers and this was before he worked for the Eagles. I had a buddy with the Eagles was like, you know, what's weird and he had known Scangarello because he had scouted, and Scangarello was at UC Davis for a long time, so he would, one of his contacts at UC Davis, so he said hi to him. He said, Kyle got on the elevator with Scangarello, and he would assume, because this guy, Scangarello was hanging his hat on being a Kyle guy, he's like, Kyle barely acknowledged him. So he texted me the moment when Scangarello was rehired by Kyle, he's like, I would have swore they weren't really friends. <laughs> and clearly they are. I mean, he was a quarterback coach, and then he hires him back, but to give him, like, we're putting that on Scangarello, the Jimmy's ACL injury, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. Even 2020, like he, he he gets the he gets the blame for wins. <laughs> like, that seems pretty bold. I, can't I would imagine he's got some good
0: stories though. <laughs> yeah, of watching the th- Doug Peterson car. Did he have to like got the go- be the go between? I wonder if there were times where he was the guy that had to communicate between Carson and Doug because what was the story? They didn't talk after like week eight of the season or something last year.
1: Yeah, it's a weird, weird year for Scangarello to be at Philly. If you're going to be there for one year, it'd probably be better to have the crazy stories than one good year. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you know you're going to get rehired, right? The, absolutely. Podcast
0: brought to you by Geology. G-E-O-L-O-G-I-E. Geology.com slash ham, where you can get 40% off any trial set.
1: Yep, Geology.com slash ham. Here's the thing. You got to wash your face. And for a guy like me that doesn't have hair, my whole face and head is a face. So I wash my head, (laughs) wash my face. Then I need to. You know the key as you get older, too? I think your skin gets a little drier. I use the moisturizing cream they sent me. You got to moisturize. The better you moisturize, the more supple your skin is, the better you look. Uh, I can't recommend it enough, geology. Go there, geology.com. You fill out a little quiz. They find out what kind of skin you have and they send you sweet products like yep. f- face wash, uh, morning s- skin care, morning skin lotion, n- uh, face cream at night is fantastic. Geology.com slash ham, get on it. Plus, right now, you can pre order the brand new SPF 30 Unisex Face
0: Sunscreen, Ugh. which will start shipping any day now. SPF 30 Unisex Face Sunscreen as well. Get that at 20% off. Go to geology.com slash ham. And, John, the podcast brought to you by Gabby, G-A-B-I, gabby.com slash ham. That's gabby.com slash ham. Put your auto and home insurance policies to the test like we did.
1: It's really easy, guy. Gabby.com slash ham. You go, you check out, uh, You take. A, it, it compares your insurance company. They do not sell any of your information, and it's free to use. You and I did it. We both had the best insurance possible. But the thing is, and Gabby has done studies on this, that on average, people that use Gabby save $961 a year. You are spending extra money because you don't have the best rate possible. And no one wants to waste money you know, on things, let's face it, that you feel like, God, I could be saving money and get the same type of service. Well, that's what Gabby's there for, to get you your best insurance at the cheapest rate. Come on, people. Gabby.com slash ham. Insurance is great for
0: that, right? Because you don't really think about it. You've probably the insurance you've had, maybe you've car insurance, maybe you've had it for five or six years. Like that's where I, that's the boat I was in. I hadn't even thought about it. And so it pays every six months and you don't even think about it. It's the one true comparison platform with real rates to give you apples to apples comps of 40 top insurance providers, like progressive nationwide and travelers all in one place. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Totally free to check. No obligation. Gabby.com slash ham. That's G-A-B-I.com slash ham. Gabby com slash yeah this is from ieaab hey love the pot i have a warriors related question during james wiseman's rookie season he was noticeably raw and it was pretty obvious that he has a developmental prospect on top of that his recent injury may slow down his development that being said do you think it'd be wise for the warriors to trade wiseman for a player who could be better the next two to three years and maximize the remaining prime of steph clay and draymond even if wiseman would turn out to be a better player down the road keep up the great work well first thing would be if you're trading james wiseman right now after a not great rookie year and a meniscus injury you're not really maximizing the value for your uh, blue chip prospect right so that makes it hard
1: like you're not getting bradley beal i would trade him for bradley beal but i don't you're not getting i wouldn't trade bradley beal for james wiseman after making many poor investing decisions over the years selling stuff that ended up doubling and buying things that go the other way i developed a middle cough strategy it's pretty simple i only ever sell on green and only ever buy on red. So you cannot sell James Wiseman when he's in the red. <laughs> they just, because they paid a lot for him, right? They use a second overall pick. He was this blue chip guy. I know he's raw, but holy shit, you cannot, right now selling him would be like for half his value. That that to me would be just bad business. Just on basic of value alone, given his upside. Because there is a chance that he may never turn out to be more than just like a good rotational center or something, right? So it's not right. guaranteed. Which he's you will be an all-star. need. All star. Yeah, which you will need. But if you knew that, you would probably trade right now. But you by no means know that, and you've no. paid way too much to not write it out for a couple more years to figure it out. Yeah, and I and I do think there. I
0: think that he and Steph can. I do think he can help Steph Curry, right? If you if you if you're able to develop him properly, he can help yeah. Steph. At he's least not. give it the chance to see if he can.
1: Because this year, you couldn't really tell.
0: No, you couldn't tell. But I do think there was just a basic level to, I can throw the ball at the basket, that guy can jump and throw it down. Like, that's a pretty valuable skill.
1: It was a little, one thing that jumped out to, uh, to me, my, my novice basketball scouting, and it might just be the timing of everything, but for a guy that is massive. I mean, I'd say the majority of games when he was on the court, he was by, it always felt like he was the tallest guy. Even with like other power forwards, I know the league's a little shorter. He's huge. Bad shot blocker. And again, it could just, yeah. his timings off, guys are faster, but he did not, like, you know, DeAndre, I thought he would just block more shots, and it's just, again, on the ball. it might just be timing. <laughs> yeah,
0: he hadn't played a lot of basketball.
1: I've never you know, played in the can association. for four but, years like
0: that, going, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy has hardly played. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> we've been, you know, you can't use that forever, but it is fair to say at this point, he has not played a lot you of agree,
1: basketball. you agree, being a seven-footer that can really jump, you should just
0: kind of do a couple? Of- some guys can only block shots off the ball, not when they're defending a guy, right? Maybe you're getting bombed, maybe you you know, you don't read the shot well. It's not
1: not like Shaq. Not everybody in, uh, has that skill. Remember in Blue Chips when he goes to the bayou and he's playing on the wood and he's just packing the ball? That's one of my favorite scenes in the history of movies. Next up. What up, fellas? John, this is Brentley here, former scout from L.A.
0: Had a non-football. He's saying he's a former scout from L.A., not you're a former scout from L.A. So I had a non-football question. I don't know anything about baseball, but my girlfriend works for the Giants, so I've been following them and they've been crushing it this season. I recall last year hearing that you hated Kapler with a passion and as a non-baseball guy, I never knew why. Curious as to where the hate came from and if this season's success has changed your perspective on him. Also, when were we hitting balls at El Macero Golf Course? Keep it up, fellas. Can you get us on to El Macero? I know, Brentley. Yeah, I could I could swing it. Signed, B. Uh Yeah, John, has the giant success changed your opinion on? uh, (laughs) Absolutely not. It's actually made you angrier.
1: Yeah, well, it made me angrier. But I texted someone yesterday. Farhan's the best GM in the league. It's a GM run sport. I get Gabe Kapler's a seven hundred thousand dollar employee who I just find to be a complete fraud. I think everything comes out of his mouth. He's like a. He's like. he's like He's like the Gavin Newsom. But even, I mean, of baseball managers, I, I don't, anything he says, I feel is just completely like he's just faking it. And I've been around now, lucky enough, my my weekend in Arizona, around dudes that were in the bigs, that were around other guys. He was their scouting coordinator in LA. That's basically like the GM of LA. I have, I just do not hear good things from players. And, and two degrees of separation. I don't know Posey or any of these guys. I hear they don't really like him, but obviously they just go with it. Again, he's not, it's not like Bochi where he tells them what to do. They don't answer to him, really. The sport's changed a lot. But I do not take him seriously, and that hasn't changed. I, it sucks. because I. You might I, be signing out like a seven-year
0: contract extension, the way they're going.
1: I know. It's just, you wish Bochy good. could have had this team. Do you agree the GM's elite? We know more about the GM than we do the manager. Well, Farhan is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's good.
0: Absolutely he's good. nailed that hire. I did not think they would spend three days in first place until – 2025 at the earliest truly like i had somebody in baseball to be
1: a genuine human gabe
0: uh i no his press conferences are always weird but then i met him one time a few years ago someone's like oh you got to meet gabe he's great And i was like really and he was really cool so i was kind of thrown off
1: (laughs) i I was thrown off you know when you hear bad things you meet a guy you're like god that guy was nice to me yeah i get it i get it (laughs) Uh, Next up, Wookie,
0: 187, question. You guys were talking about Belichick using the numbers 50s and 60s for rookies and mentioned that an offensive lineman wouldn't care, but a linebacker might. Is there an inherent mood or demeanor of players in specific positional groups? Keep up the good work and appreciate the podcast. Yes, is the answer to this question. (laughs) Let's go through them, John. Let's start. You and I were having this exact conversation at Niners OTAs on Tuesday.
1: So let's start with, Probably the most outgoing group. Yeah, it's well. It's depending on the team. It can be a tie. There are two groups that, with the music playing, is the most likely to fuck around and dance at any moment's notice. And that's the wide receivers or the DBs, depending on the position coach. Too, the wide receivers with the Niners feel a little more letting it loose. Uh, the DBs, a lot of younger guys, uh, right, felt a little more focused. Just yeah, there admired. was not. Yeah, the DBs felt a lot. Yes. I I saw some of Jimmy Ward's quotes. Maybe he just doesn't allow that shit flying around there. So the wide receivers, I think the linemen in general, their head's always on a swivel because at any moment they could just get their ass ripped. So they just, I think there's a little more focus there. Are you talking offensive and defensive linemen together? I, I, I I would clump them together. Again, depends on the unit. You're probably more likely to have an outgoing personality as a defensive lineman. The Niners had it with Staley for a long time. But in general, there's not much like fucking around. I tend to think, think you serious. get a little more goofiness from the offensive line off the field. Off the field, yes. I, I'm talking field? in a I'm talking in a practice setting.
0: Yeah. Yep. Both the, their coaches but, but are this, probably typically going to be the loudest. Mood de- inherent mood or demeanor. I just think you do get yeah lo- offensive uh, linemen like tend, sure. tend to be. This, this generalization might be wrong, but tend to be offensive linemen versus defensive linemen. I feel like sometimes the O-linemen were the guys that were bigger earlier in life, <laughs> like outsized from the rest of their peers longer. Not to say that defensive linemen aren't like that, too, but defensive linemen, sometimes you get a linebacker who puts on some weight or offensive linemen. Like for the most part, they've been. Off- now, sometimes you get a guy like Staley, right? Who was a tight end who got a little bigger for the most part. They've been the biggest, the longest. And yeah. so I think they have a bond with one another based on that. That's hard for anybody really probably to understand.
1: If you were going to go day drinking and you could pick the group with the easiest, you would pick the, the, the offensive lineman for sure. And probably throw in a couple quarterbacks, dude. Just the, bring the chicks. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But quarterbacks can also like they have, they can not be humble, but they have humility in them because they did interact with the lineman a lot and the lineman can humble them. So there is, they're a good balance together. And I think the tight ends kind of roll in that crew too. Like Selleck, when I was in Philly, was always cool. Yeah, Kittle is a little out there, but like just the group of Niners tight ends is pretty guys. Guys, you know, golf's and fucks around, drinks and lifts, and just kind of meatheads. You know, underrated group I think is safeties.
0: Um, safeties usually have like some quarterback qualities to them, and yeah, I'm thinking about the sure. safeties that I've talked to over the years. Like, they're I would say safeties. Are pretty down to earth, generally uh, normal, um, easy to. They just they got a lot going on. They don't usually have time to fuck around during the game, like you know in between play. Like they they got a, they got a lot going on. Well, a false step is a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. So and and there and you get burned when it happens to you, right? You're always yeah. the guy like he went over here and now he's trying to catch up and DB corner playing man just has to worry about the guy in front of him.
1: Yeah, and he's always going to point at someone else.
0: Yeah. Right? So <laughs> I, I I find that safeties are a really enjoyable group of people. Usually, I, I, they're I, all. I mean, not that anyone's not, but I just I've always liked. Now that I think about, it, I hadn't thought about it before. Safeties are easy, good people to talk to. Um, do linebackers have a personality? They're very hit or miss. Hard to say. You know, Sometimes you get yeah. D lineman tight. Yeah, they're. Linebackers are maybe the most um, – you get a lot of variation there. Yeah. I would say – Same
1: the, the with running backs. I'd say linebackers and running backs is just – you meet some guys that don't say a word. Other guys, life of the party. Other guys that are serious. Other guys that are fuck-arounds. Because both guys, both positions can just be like the biggest freaks. right? Yeah. You just have this outside linebacker, this running back who just god. Well, where do your best it? players in high, in school, high school play? Yeah, probably they could go two ways to play back. those
0: two positions. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Kickers kickers are hit and miss. Kickers can either be like sometimes you get some that like feel like oh, I'm a kicker, I should kind of stay out of it. And other times you get guys that like they kind of feel like they're the like I'm the star,
1: man. Nobody can do what I do. You get you get a whole range there too, I find. Kickers are a lot like pitchers. Yeah. Cause you're you're out on your own, but you're not really on the team, but you are on the team. It's like to me, well. The- you're not really in the – and even a pitcher's way more in the bunker with the guys than the kicker. Yeah, but I think it's a great similarity because – you're right.
0: The similarity would be there's the sweet spot of kickers and pitchers. The sweet spot personality is the guys that know no one else can do what they can do but also know they have it pretty good. Like the pitchers who know like, yeah, I'm – like we're the only position group golfing three days a week, right? And the kickers yeah. who know like, yeah, I'm – yeah, I gotta deal with some shit. So that people make jokes, but I'm being left alone over here just doing my own thing and that doesn't suck, you know? Yeah, I make like I make four and a half. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a good gig. It's a good gig. Uh, okay, good mailbag. Few questions just to follow up on, John, real quick. Let's rattle through. Guillermo asked, where do I submit for the mailbag? If you're late to the party, you go on iTunes. You leave us a review on iTunes, you leave a question in there. One two three high tech on YouTube says, I heard Ruggs put on some weight. You think he uh, you think he figures it out this year? I hope. Ha ha um, I, I, is it up to him or is it up to the Raiders? I feel like it's more
1: up to the Raiders than to him to figure it out, but I don't feel like weights is issue. Right. I mean, just, I think one of the problems was his route running in the offense, him and Derek were not on the same page, but like his package was being that guy. It seemed like, like they prioritized find, like, other people he, offensively. He's got to put on 15 pounds. Like, no, he runs four he's zero two forty. to 40, but they weren't yeah. his health. His injuries were not like size related. Right. He's got to get on the same
0: page as uh, Derek. Dan says, bag alert, major bag alert. I never heard that song before. It sucks, but I love saying major. Wendy's commercial. DJ Khaled. Uh, Camelot's Red and Gold says, would think LT, Bill's favorite player, Belichick's favorite player, not Ladanian Tomlinson. Lawrence Taylor would be the one to introduce him. I would doubt that one. <laughs> Feels a little removed from Bill's greatness, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know that he'd have the greatest perspective on all the things that Bill Belichick uh achieved in his in his uh in his career.
1: Not out of the realm, his son. Right, that's coaches for him. Yeah, what's his son's name? Uh Steve. St- St- Steven. Steve I think yeah. it was Steve Steve or Steven. Yeah. I Put the mullet. Wouldn't shock me if it was Steve. Yeah. Because of his dad remember his dad was like a coach, scout for like army. Bel, I do think Belichick's family, like you know, his kids played a pretty major, became a pretty big part of the team, right? He goes by, by that the time is his kid the head coach of the Patriots or
0: the defensive <laughs> I mean, coordinator of the Patriots? He might. It's not. Look, hit, hit that kid's going to become a. Does he call defense yet? Or no? Does Gerard, Gerard Mayo call defense? I mean, guy, the kid's going to be head coach in the yeah, NFL, right? <laughs> I mean, if every Lafleur can get a job, Bill Belichick's son can get a job.
1: Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent.
0: He'll be. I expect him to be Josh McDaniels' defensive coordinator or something like that when Josh takes over.
1: Yeah, and I I would doubt. Like the thing is, historically, you're like, oh, the kid, the 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 boss's kid. Like we've kind of proven now, Kyle. Like if you work for Bill, it's not easy. It's like, well, he's only working two hours a day, right? I bet. I bet if if you just sat with Stephen Belichick, you'd be like, fuck, my days are long, right? Absolutely. All right.
0: You're seeing somebody this weekend. You start talking. You want to use one of our takes. Do it and then tell them where you got it, you know, or don't tell them where you got it. Make it your own take, but also tell them, hey, I like these guys. We appreciate what I do. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody.